Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey, ordained minister and chaplain with JG Ministries. Today I want to speak on the subject of angels. Now this message will be given in two episodes because of time. Are angels real? Everywhere you look, you can find something related to angels. There have been TV shows and movies depicting angels in some way. There's been many story, many stores that have plaques and poems and statues and all sorts of novelty items depicting angels. Many songs have been written and sung concerning angels. And there's many people that have tattoos with an angel, usually in honor of a loved one who's passed away. And of course, there's numerous jewelry items depicting angels. There are many inspirational books and magazines that contain inspirational stories about angels. And many of those stories tell of how angels are there in a miraculous way, helping people. The history of virtually all nations and cultures reveals at least some belief in angelic beings. Angels are very much real and they do exist today. Angels affect our lives and we find the proof in the Bible. There's, no, there's so much to say about angels. And the Bible gives us many clues about angels and their role in our lives. Angels are mentioned both in the New Testament and the Old Testament, being mentioned directly or indirectly nearly 300 times. Angels are created beings and created by God. We are not alone. We have millions and millions of angels at God's disposal to help us in our time of need. Angels belong to a uniquely different dimension of creation, which we, limited to the natural order, can scarcely comprehend. God has given angels higher knowledge, power, and even more mobility than us. They are God's messengers, whose chief business is to carry out God's orders in this world. I'm reminded of a story of a boy who, at the time, was four years old. And he was involved in a traffic accident with his family. The boy, who is now well into adulthood, recalls the event happening on a cold, wintry, stormy December night. A storm had come up as the family was only miles from getting home when a truck came up behind them and smashed into the back of the car, causing it to veer off into the ditch. The car rolled numerous times, completely destroying the car before coming to arrest. The boy, his mother and grandmother, all were thrown from the car and his uncle was left pinned in the car, which took the rescue unit using the jaws of life to free him from the car. There's much greater detail to this story and the entire stories given in my book, but what is so amazing about it is that the boy looked up and across a field coming towards him was what he described as a ball-headed man dressed in white clothes walking up to him. The only one conscious at the time was his grandmother who was calling for the boy. His grandmother couldn't move, but he recalls the angel being with him. And he said he stopped crying and he felt a calm and a peace come over him. And when the rescue team came and took the family to the hospital, this same ball-headed man was there waiting for him at the hospital. He said this person sat with him on a bench in the hallway, and there was no one else around. He recalls the angel speaking to him, but he can't remember the entire conversation. 
but he remembers it was calm and reassuring. And then as suddenly as he appeared, this person was gone. But he says, I know that it was my guardian angel. And as time passed, the boy was reunited one by one with the rest of his family as they were released from the hospital from their injuries. We have a guardian angel. God has given us a protector and a guide. And in this instant, God allowed for this boy to see his guardian angel in proof that God gives us help in our time of need. The Bible says in Psalm 91, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Angels are assigned to believers for permanent basis. And they intervene in to assist believers by God's will and under his direction. Some people believe strongly that each Christian may have his or her own guardian angel that's assigned to watch over them. And this guardianship possibly begins in infancy. Jesus says in the book of Matthew, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. The great majority of Christians can recall some incident in which their lives in times of critical danger have been miraculously preserved. An almost plane crash, a near car wreck, a fierce temptation. Though they may have seen no angels, their presence could explain why tragedy was averted. A few people realized the profound part angelic forces play in human events. Angels are watching. They mark your path. They superintend the events of your life and protect the interest of the Lord God, always working to promote his plans and to bring about God's highest will for you. Angels protect the people of God. They meet a wide variety of human needs, including relieving hunger and thirst, overcoming loneliness and dread, and they sometimes deliver the people of God from danger. Daniel said, My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so they couldn't hurt him. And in Daniel chapter 3, the Lord sent an angel after they refused to bow down or worship a false god to preserve them from the fiery furnace. They'd been thrown into this furnace so that they would be, uh, the angel had been thrown into this furnace so that they would be protected from being burned alive. And they didn't even have the smell of smoke on their clothes when it was all said and done. The angel came in the midst of the flame and without harm and was seen by the king who said, I see four men in the fire instead of three. Angels are interested spectators. And they mark all you do, for we are made a spectacle unto the world, and to angels, and to men, the Bible says. God assigns angelic powers to watch over you, because he loves you, and he wants to help you. And God also loves the angels too. They're holy beings. This is their character. Angels are created beings whose primary function is to serve and to worship God. God commanded the angels, and they were created. And they were created prior to the creation of earth, even though the Bible doesn't mention when they were created. But the book of Job says, When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, and unlike God, they are not omniscient. Angels play a vital role in the will of God and working in our lives. 
and angels have been given by God specific jobs. Angels serve God in his heavenly court. Good angels are elect angels. First Timothy, First Timothy says, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. There are innumerable number of angels. There are millions, even a hundred million of them. In Hebrews it says, But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. The great empire of angels is as vast as God's creation. In Daniel we read that a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him, a thousand thousands ministered to him. Then thousand times ten thousand stood before him, Innumerable hosts of heaven help bring to pass God's prophetic declarations throughout time and into eternity. Most of the time, angels are invisible to our eyes. Interestingly, they do not possess physical bodies, although they may take on physical bodies when God appoints them to special tasks. But when they do become visible to human beings, angels consistently appear in human form and sometimes their appearance will inspire awe. Occasionally, angels become visible, the Bible tells us. Sometimes they appear as ordinary human beings, and we may not even recognize them as angels. This apparently happened to Lot in the Old Testament, when two angels came to rescue him from God's judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. At other times, angels have appeared in great beauty and splendor, giving people a glimpse of heaven's glory. This happened, for example, when the angels announced Jesus' birth to the shepherds who were outside Bethlehem. The physical appearance of angels varies based on the categorization. Only cherubim and seraphim have wings. Within biblical texts, angels always appear as men and never as women or children. Angels identify with humans on the basis of form, language, and action. Angelic uniqueness is sometimes evidenced in Scripture by their activity or appearing in ways humans do not. The feature of a brilliant white appearance of angels occurs only in the New Testament. And angels are never known to appear to wicked people, only to those whom the Bible views as good, such as Abraham, Moses, and David, Daniel, Peter, and Paul, and of course, Jesus not only do they have the ability to change their appearance, but they can go in a flash from heaven to earth and back again. They have the ability to move instantaneously and with unlimited speed from place to place. Now, they can't be in heaven and earth simultaneously, but angels have varying ranks and there's hierarchy of angels. Angels are better organized than were the armies of Alexander the Great, Napoleon, or any other mighty world power you can think of. They are highly organized. The Bible does mention some of the different types of angels. There are cherubim, chief princes, guardian angels, ruling angels, and seraphim. And angels are sometimes identified as winged creatures, like the cherubim and seraphim. Cherubim are primarily guards or attendants to God's thrones. 
whereas seraphim attend God's throne and offer praises to him. We see in the sixth chapter of Isaiah that seraphim proclaimed God's holiness. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And in Genesis chapter 3, cherubim were placed to guard the tree of life after God drove out Adam and Eve because they had sinned before God and they were no longer allowed to stay there. So God placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden to guard the way with a flaming sword which turned everyone away. Angels are heavenly beings in the presence of God. They are poised for action at God's command. And angels carry messages to people and carry out God's will as God directs them. The Bible offers little description of angelic messengers because the focus is on the message, not on the messenger. Angels also perform tasks as mediators. Angels bring messages and give announcements. Angels announced to Mary that she would give birth to a son who would be Christ the Messiah. They announced to the shepherds of the birth of Christ. And we have many other times in Scripture where angels made announcements and gave messages. God also uses angels to answer prayers and to announce and to carry out God's judgments. And angels are members of an order of heavenly beings who are superior to man in power and in intelligence. By nature, angels are spiritual beings. Their nature is superior to human nature, and they have superhuman power and knowledge. They are not, however, all-powerful and all-knowing. And the Bible seems to indicate that they do not age, and it never says that one was sick, except for those who fell with Lucifer, the ravages of sin that have brought destruction, sickness, and chaos to our earth have not affected them. Angels are very powerful. In the 103rd chapter of Psalms, it says, They excel in strength. The angel in Matthew, who rolled the stone away from the opening of Jesus' tomb, had to possess unfathomable strength. The stone weighed several times more than a single man could move, yet the physical power of the angel was not taxed in rolling it aside. And the Bible also teaches that angels are sexless, that there's no marriage in heaven for angels. Jesus said, for in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. Angels give encouragement. In Acts it says, for there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar and indeed. God has granted you all those who sail with you. They also give guidance. The Bible says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Angels minister and they strengthen us. They ministered to Jesus and gave Jesus strength. Jesus fasted and spent 40 days out in the wilderness. And during that time, he was tempted by Satan. And afterwards, after it was all over, angels came and ministered to Christ. 
And when Christ went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, an angel appeared from heaven and strengthened him. Angels give us strength in our times of strife. And the Bible tells us that angels have emotions and also intellect. They are charged with caring for such people and serving them in times of need. They guide and instruct good people. This task is illustrated by the role the angels played in God's giving of the law to Moses. Sometimes their guidance comes through human dreams. Jesus spoke frequently of angels, both good and bad. Angels are quite real and they play a vital part in God's plan for the world. He created angels to be his agents working for the good of his people. One of the Bible's greatest promises is that when we know Jesus, God sends his angels to surround us and protect us. That's a very comforting thought. And with that thought, we are going to end this first part of this message on angels, but be sure to tune back in next time when we finish this message on angels. Until then, God bless you and keep living Christian strong.